trying to make it right These people won't let me go I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Let me grow, let me go Let me grow, let me go They should know, they should know They should know, they should know I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio and intern to how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, Rachel Miner. Rachel Miner was born into a show business family. She represents the third generation of Miners in the theater, film, and television industry and has been working since she was an infant steadily since age nine. In addition to her behind the scenes work, Rachel can be seen as an actress in a long list of independent films, such as the critically acclaimed Bully, for which she won the Stockholm Film Festival Award for Best Actress. Her television appearances include shows such as Sons of Anarchy, Supernatural, and Californication. Her theater credits include Sandy in the Blue Surge at the Goodman Theater in Chicago and the Public Theater in New York City and Margot Frank in the Diary of Anne Frank on Broadway. She's also the executive director of Random Acts, a global charity founded by supernatural actor Misha Collins, which is focused on changing the world through kindness by funding and inspiring acts of kindness, big and small. Hello. Hello. I'm so sorry. I feel so guilty. I just like sent you my bio, uh, not thinking that you would have to read it out loud. No, this um, is beautiful. We love to know about our guests. This is so, listen, we'll talk about accolades. We'll take all the information we can get. We, well, uh, at least I didn't do, I didn't do a, uh, a I, one time I sent someone a bio and I have actually a really silly bio because I get very embarrassed about talking about I feel uh, myself. Mm-hmm. So I have a bio that I've sent out that involves me being enchanted by um, an evil enchantress and turning into a mouse. And like, you know, I'm very proud of the time I learned from being a field mouse and all these things. And I, I didn't think one time I said someone that and then I was doing like a very serious panel and they were reading it out loud the same way you had to do just like cold reading it and they're like looking more and more confused anyway I uh, I my friend Britt was on and her whole pi- her bio was just unfriendly black hottie and that was it so I love nice. <laughs> I love I like love super it. silly ones I love ones yeah. that are super serious but I feel that like now that I'm able to like do so much people are like what's your bio I'm like I have such a tough time like getting that sort of like praise I'm like I'm just me so I feel that deeply well the important things is the important thing is the random acts part yeah that I'm happy about that I feel proud of well that's actually sort of how we met so I was invited by Misha to be on that like get out the vote event back in October, November, and you were on it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with her. Bye. And <laughs> went on Instagram and you followed me and I was like, <gasps> and I followed you back and it was a whole thing. So anyway, I'm like super excited. Well, to, I like, was, I was, yeah, just ahead. so you know, I was, fan, I was fangirling uh, completely about you as well. So 
and I'd watched you on like an earlier talk with Misha. Like to me, the, the only areas I fangirl on are like the where people are really involved in like trying to make the world a better place, mm-hmm. and that stuff I just geek out about. I'm a ter- total charity nerd. So, like, if anyone's done anything to try to make the world better or talk about, you know, a human rights or anything like that, I'm like, oh! Well, that, that's how I first heard about you, because to be fair, I just started binging Supernatural this year because it's the pandemic. I was like, now's the time. Um, but I had known you about being the um, in charge of Random Acts, right? So, like, when I saw you follow me, I was like, a fellow fundraiser charity person who gets yes. it. And then, like, I was watching the show and you were on, I'm like, is that, <laughs> is that Rachel? And so it's just been, like, full circle now. So not only, like, friend-wise am I fangirling and then charity-wise fangirling. So it's just been, like, so I beautiful these last few months to yeah. just get to know you and chat. And, you know, I was laughing because you're one of the first people I thought of. Someone was like, who do you want to collab with? And, like, you're one of the first, like, five people I thought of. And I was like, I just there's so much good stuff that's happening in the world and I just want everyone to know about it and to get involved and excuse me that's why it's my full-time job so yeah same and and I was I'm so excited about I I really hope we work on a lot of things together please Um, make it happen it's going it's going to happen and I'm really excited for today because it's like you know a good excuse to just be able to hang out and chat and uh, find out about each other and talk about you know important things I'm really bad at casual conversation anyway so it's good for me to have like a focus on <laughs> a topic and then just like let me go and I'll uh, we'll chat forever about these things so yeah I think for me I know we like talked about a couple different ones but I think the biggest thing is philanthropy I think yeah. for me especially with you know we're recording today and it's um the 24th of February but last week in Texas, um, we had that really huge storm. And so it's been really beautiful for me the last week to see not only local folks, but folks outside of Texas who have really been trying to support us um, either by like, you know, just neighbors offering spaces to, you know, um, influencers, celebrities, people with larger accounts, just getting out the word about what's going on in Texas. And as a person who does fundraising full time, but then also for a racial justice organization in Austin. Yeah. It was just super moving to, you know, be on this team with my staff and have one of us, our uh, director of operations had no power, no water, no anything. And so she like sent us all an email and our boss was like, Hey, like business can wait, like everyone taking care of each other and taking care of our community is most important. Like yeah. the, the work will be there next week. Like our actual like job is to care for the community. And so that was like, I thought it was just like very happenstance that you and I have a recording for this week and everything going on and, and just like being able to see um, philanthropy at, at its finest. And, you know, I first heard about random acts through uh, Danielle and Jen when I first met them, because they were super involved with that. And actually Danielle did a fundraiser for both random acts and um, out youth when I was working there. So just like being able to hear about how like all these different people are doing all these different things has been so moving. Yeah, no, and I mean, first, first off, I, I'm excited to talk to you because I wanted to check in, like, how are you and all your friends and, and everything. Um, and then secondly, yeah, I think um, something that can easily be said about humanity is that there's so much good uh, and it really is proven during hard times. I mean, um, post-COVID, post uh, storms, post whatever, that people actually are 
wanting to get more involved and tend to be more charitable. I know I thought, you know, in terms of working at Random X that we would have less money coming in this year. And I thought people were going to be able to be less involved. I, I know for this staff, we talk, we've got 147 staff members now, or 49, I think we just hired more. Uh, so, um, and I really thought, you know, this is such a hard time. We've got staff in Texas, but we have staff uh, all over the world with, you know, with everything, with lockdowns and everything going on. And I just told the staff they could take time off and people have mostly worked harder and worked more and been more active and donors have been more supportive. It's just amazing to see. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't, it, it makes me feel like anyone who thinks that humanity is selfish or, you know, uh, self-serving and, um, and, you know, unkind, I don't know how you would prove that because mm -hmm. I always see the opposite. Yeah. It's been um, really interesting. So like last week, I like, um, obviously it was really just heads down with work and, you know, luckily we never lost power and water at the house that I rent with one of my best friends. So like we were able to take in some friends once they were able to drive again, but, you know, just being able to just text people and check in and like, how are you doing? What do you need? Having those conversations, you know, my, I'm from the Northeast. My family's like, are you prepared? Like y'all know I stocked up. Like I was super ready, but, um, and then as a person, again, like I said, who works in nonprofit and, you know, we thought in nonprofits, we will lose money, you know, between yeah. COVID and everything else. But like you're saying, like people have been so much more giving and selfless and helpful and wanting to find their way to fit in and you know those folks are like I can't donate financially but I can't I have like clothes or I have diapers or mm -hmm. I can post about it so like telling people that like activism and donating looks different person to person there's no right or wrong way to do it but like you're saying there is genuine honest goodness in people um, sometimes it's harder to find in other people but it, it exists and and to be able to tap into that especially during this last year and a half has been one of the most beautiful things I've been able to witness yeah uh, I agree. And, and, you know, to your point, um, it's interesting because I feel like the, the bit I know, and I want to know more about the bit I know about you and the work that you do, um, I think we're working in the same area too, which is rather, I feel like there is a problem in some philanthropy and charity where it feels like if you don't have uh, millions of dollars or whatever degrees or whatever it's very alienating mm -hmm. um, that it's hard to get involved and it's hard for people to get involved and I, I feel like that's actually really bad for civilization period mm -hmm. uh, for humanity in general and I think that doesn't speak to kind of our nature yeah. I, and so I'm very interested in how we actually create more community where it's and there's also no stigmatization to being helped we're mm -hmm. just like uh, sometimes I'm going to need the help sometimes you're going to need the help it's going to go back and forth and let's create some sort of communities where uh where we are able to help in whatever way we can and that's another thing that's like crucial to me I know with random acts with every uh area we're working in, we always try to make multiple routes for people to get involved mm -hmm, that absolutely. aren't just financial and even financially most of our you know our uh, fundraising is amazingly with really small donations um, with just what people can do at that time and to me I find that actually much more 
encouraging and um, insightful about the world. It's also running a volunteer organization. I don't know if you run into this, but the majority of people that volunteer are people who already are working multiple jobs, not getting paid enough, uh, trying, you know, working in fields where they are trying to do good in the world mm -hmm. and where it's not about the money. And, um, you know, you would think it was people who were like well off and had some free time. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not, we never run into that. Like the people no. who are in that tier of like, being better off, sometimes show up for a job interview and then like, how much do you pay? You don't pay anything, never mind. <laughs> right. um, so uh, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic in our world right now, I feel like. Yeah, I like to give background. So I was raised yeah. in a very religious, very pro-Black, very pay it forward uh, family. A lot of my family was in the civil rights movement. I started doing marches when I was like five. Um, and then being raised in a church of like, you are able to take up space. You as a black woman are allowed to use your voice and advocate for others and you should constantly be paying it forward. Um, so when I was 15 turning 16, my mom actually passed away from cervical cancer. And so for me to see so many people, not only family, but neighbors, friends of family, friends of friends, really rally around me and my dad and just be like, what do you need? What can we do? Um, and also being taught my whole life to constantly be paying it forward. That kind of got me into my whole life just being constantly paying it forward. Yeah. From, you know, originally starting out as a social worker, working with adults and children with developmental disabilities to then people experiencing homelessness. I worked at a school. I've worked in a bunch of nonprofits doing a bunch of different things. But um, when you say like, you're, you'll be surprised and who takes a job. Like I took a lot of like, very low paying jobs when I first started out a nonprofit because I just wanted to have that of like, I am money poor, but I am soul rich. Like the yes. things I get to do every day and the impact I get to have, you know, both as a direct client supporter for my, for my clients, but then also as a fundraiser and be able to tell people about the work that we're doing and letting them know, you know, you can donate whatever you can. And that's really impactful. Like a lot of millennial donors, like I only have $5 I can do a month. I'm like, that's great. Like that you could be spending your money on something else. Like we so appreciate that too. You know, people who are like, I can't support, but again, I can donate clothes. I can donate time. I can come in, clean up your kitchen. Like anything that people just kind of get creative about and, and letting people know that you as a supporter, as a donor, as a volunteer is so important. And we know that you could be doing so much other stuff with your money, your time is it's just so moving. And then, you know, as I've gotten older and taken careers and now I'm in my highest paying job now, I also decided my company and I'm in a different place financially. I think about that too, of like, how am I using my space and privilege? And I talk about my privilege a lot of like, yeah. I grew up in a two parent household. My parents owned our house. I went to a very, I grew up in a very diverse city. I saw people who looked like me, who were examples of what I could be. And if I can set that example for someone else to like, you can do anything that you want to do has just been such a big thing for me. And so constantly thinking of like, okay, I'm in this position now. I have this platform. I have this space. What am I doing with it? Right. Yeah. And I think that's a, a big way. We've also seen folks who have platforms been giving back of like, you know, we have influencers on Instagram who are like, hey, I only make X amount of money, but it costs me nothing to share this on my story. So I think we've seen a lot of people in the last year, specifically between COVID and Black Lives Matter. And now with the devastations in California and Texas this year of being like, hey, we, you have a platform no matter who you are. It's just like, what are you doing yeah. with it? I love, there's so much I love about what you said. I don't know what to, <laughs> where it even to start, but um, there's, there's a couple points. One, I love 
the point you made about privilege. It's something, so, you know, we, uh, it, it's important to me that at RandomX, I didn't want us to just be performative. So we're doing a lot of work internally and we actually have a whole uh, DEI um, section and we're, we, we do work all, all the time. Uh, and really one of the points that's really important to me to, to kind of bring home with all the staff and then hopefully we can then like start talking about with supporters and stuff is that difference in the, that we should be aware of our own privilege uh, and just because you're not privileged in one area doesn't mean that you you should ignore your privilege in another area. Mm -hmm. um, so I just I really I was grateful for to you for saying that because it's something that's super important, um, you know. And we we can talk more about that and uh, you know in another like it's, that's a that's a whole tangent we could go on. Uh, but also, I love that you said people experiencing homelessness. That's something that uh, I try to make sure that in every time we talk about that area, we talk about it, we, we word it and phrase it in that way. And it's that slight difference. And again, it's like something that's so important to me if you're working in the area of helping mm -hmm. that like, again, any of us can experience something. It doesn't mean we are identified by, by it. Mm -hmm. Um, and to, again, I think it's, especially in American society, there's a lot of stigmatization of everything <laughs> just about, and, and just, we like, we constantly like to separate ourselves out from illness, from disability, mm -hmm. from whatever problems or difficulties someone is going through and say like, that's them, they're mm -hmm. other, there's something different about them. And there's something inherently that keeps me safe from that thing. Mm -hmm. um, and as a disabled woman, that's something I see. It's something that people, I think, have trouble with illness and disability a lot because of that, too. It's like we want to know somehow I'm safe from this. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there's an othering that occurs. And I think that that slight shift in phrasing um, help, helps to end that and helps to kind of rewire that in us it brings the humanity back like it should be yeah. person focused right like yeah. um a lot of uh, as I used to work in 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 working with people experiencing homelessness but I was like even just saying like a person who is currently homeless right like not making like you're saying not making that their whole identity yeah. um and like you're saying that separation like we have a very large homeless population here in Austin um and luckily a couple of weeks ago we were able to to divert some funding away from the police department and reallocate funds to housing folks um, but even just to sit on that city council call, because I'm a nerd and I listen to city council calls, um, and just sit and listen to the conversation have being had around that and just, you know, a lot of folks not even realizing their privilege of living in a house, being able to afford your rent, being able to, you know, do all these things. And I tell people, I, I, I think a lot of people only attribute privilege to wealth, Right. And I tell people all the time, that's not that's not where it stops. And, you know, I do a lot of public speaking. I actually just got off another call where I was telling people like my backstory of like I just told you I grew up in a two parent household. I was in a really great education system. I grew up in a very diverse place. English is our first language. I was able to go to college like and I think starting with that with people who are like 
she's a black woman. Like, I just think people think privilege has to look a certain way and it doesn't. Yes. Like I am able to find a parking spot where I go to a store and be able to walk like versus a person who has a disability may not be able to find a spot that they can walk from, right? Like there's just all well, these yeah, different things. As a woman with disability, there's so many times where people are like, oh, they, they feel sorry for me or think that, oh, it must, it's so, it must be so difficult to not be able to walk freely or whatever. And I'm, I think all the time, like, what if I lived in a place where we had to walk to a well to get water? Mm-hmm. That would be a problem. Yeah. I live in a very, I'm very privileged. I live in a society where it, the, that is conducive enough to my, uh, you know, my needs, my strategic needs that I'm not, you know, literally that I'm able to survive. Right. Uh, that is a privilege. Yeah. Um, there are so many conditions all over the world. It's not just about, oh, well, someone has it worse. Yeah, there, there's that. But it's also knowing how do we shift these things systemically? Because I here, here's the world I want to live in. I want to live in a world where there's no anxiety and fear that something might happen to you, that you might slip into one of these categories because we are so supportive of each other that anyone who slips into any of those categories is helped up. I think mm-hmm. that changes the level of security and happiness. So like if you look at my Goodreads uh, that mm-hmm. right now I'm a bit of, I go through obsessions. I'm a bit obsessed with like the Nordic model and looking at societies and how, you know, that are, that care for uh, people within that, uh, that, that um, government, you know, structure, whatever more and how we can do that better. Uh, but I'm interested uh, always in, in how do we create communities that are supportive and, and you know, again, to, to go back to your, your story and your origin story, so to speak, um, I think that coming from a community where people have experienced to any degree uh, some of the less fun aspects of our society, there is more tendency to be empathetic. And I don't, it, it's, um, it's something I'm actually grateful for about like, for example, when, uh, when I was getting sick and I just remember taking public transportation and, uh, you know, I was struggling and needed to sit, but the people that were all getting up for each other and offering each other seats, it was like pregnant women and other people with disabilities and elderly people and like people who are obviously in pain as well, you know, all the, and mm-hmm. we're all like, no, no, take my seat. But where's like the totally fit, uh, whatever, uh, you know, business person who never have experienced, they wouldn't even look up from what yeah. they were, you know, listening to on their phone or whatever it was. Um, and I think that I just want a society where we have more empathy for each other and, our struggles might look different, but we're all going through them. Yeah. Like that, that saying of like, everyone is fighting a battle, you know, nothing about like, that's a very, that's one of like the closest sayings I keep to my heart because like, if you don't know me, you don't know what I've been through. Right. And so when people like they learn, like, you know, my mom passing, my dad and I not talking when I, after I turned 18, like just all these different things I've like overcome and have been able to to be successful and and to know that success looks differently for everyone. Like there's no right or wrong way to be successful. But, you know, I wanna, you know, not living in Austin and, and being very involved. Like I wanna live in a place where 
everyone has housing, everyone has access to healthcare, um, everyone has ex- access to good quality education and good quality food. Um, and, you know, doing a lot of research, like you're saying, into societies that care about others, like in the UK, if they see someone experiencing homelessness, they bring them somewhere to get help, to get housing. Like there's just like this really quick rapid response and there's no stigma around yeah. it. Um, and also like um, a friend and I, we talked about um, addiction and how I lost a friend to addiction and he lost his sister. And there's, uh, I think it was in Sweden or Switzerland, I can't remember, um, but like getting people um, into like um, harm reduction usage and like yeah. just all these different things that goes into like knowing that these are, crises that people are in and there's no this could happen to anyone and you know we shouldn't shame them for asking for help like that that often gets me of like the the shame around asking for help and like like you were saying like no no you take it like you're like almost like that quote like you're worse off than I am air quotes yeah yeah and you know last week um, there is a definite and it's one of the trickiest things to me working in the charitable sector of like mm -hmm. is um, and, and we keep talking about this with the whole staff is to never have that attitude of like saviorism, mm-hmm. um, you know, or somehow, again, it's that looking down of, even if it's slight, it's so wired in on our society that it's very easy for us, any of us to be carriers to a certain degree yep. of just like, well, you know, aren't I magnanimous? Cause they're like a little bit lesser than I am. And it's like, no, to, to look at it is just their circumstances are different and it could be you tomorrow. Right. That's like, it could, it could always, like, I think yeah. the pandemic showed that perfectly. Like you can lose your job. You, the whole world can shut down. Like it's just, everything is, is so not promised and you just never know what's going to happen. And, and being able to, to be in a position of working in nonprofit and not as a, as a saviorism, but literally just wanting everyone to have equal footing. And I tell people yeah. a lot of the time, like I, I, who am I to save anyone, right? Like I just want us to have an equal playing field. I just want equality and equity and people to have access to the things that they need. Also, who am I to tell people what they need, right? Like right now we see right now in Texas of like, there are folks who still need water, um, but there are a lot of folks who are like willing to donate meals. Like, well, people can cook now, like we still need water. And so I think like you're saying with saviors, I'm like, you need to listen to what the people want. And that's- 100%. Like- that's one of the biggest things at Random Acts is that like, I never want us to be going into communities and saying, here's what you need, aren't we? <sighs> wonderful for telling you how to be a better human being um no it's i i think um you know it's actually very important it's one of the reasons we have so many staff members all over the world and i hope that that keeps growing so we've got representatives and stuff in in every community and so when and because of the 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 model of people bringing in acts and telling us where the help is needed Mm -hmm. you're hopefully we're we're always and we then vet it to make sure hey this is coming from people within the community saying this is what they need and just asking for that help right um a there's a big difference yeah. Um, there was a woman, I, I can't remember her name right now, but she started the Austin Mutual Aid Fund um, when everything started happening last week. Um, and so she was like, we're just going to raise money and people can tell us what they need with the money. And if we have the funds, we'll give it to them. Like, 
who, yeah. again, who am I to tell you what you need? Like, and then seeing a bunch of folks being like, Hey, if you're in need right now, drop your cash app and let people know what you need money for. And people were able to donate that way. Yeah. Like, I love that model of, you know, what's best for you. And yeah. I can give you all these resources, but if you don't need any of them, that doesn't serve you. Whereas I can just ask you and you can, you exactly. can come back and tell me. Exactly. Um, and also there's, um, there is often a looking down on that comes mm-hmm. with that. We're going to tell you what form you get help in. Um, there's been so many studies that if you give person a person just cash, they will do so much better and they will do good with it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many studies to back that up. There's all this, this false information about, oh, yeah, but the, the person might take that and use it to do drugs and to do, you know, to get drunk and all these things. The truth is that's a very, very small percentage. Even if you give the money to addicts and people who are generally not, you know, surviving well in their lives, they usually take, if they're given enough trust and con- like you have enough confidence in them, they usually that alone helps to turn a person's life around. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I wish that we were more trusting in how we went about helping each other. Um, that's just something that is really important to me. And then to go back to like, in terms of models, you know, what I'm, a lot of what I'm trying to study right now is in societies where people like pay a, a lot more in taxes, but to have a safety net where healthcare and education and uh, time off from work and sick pay and all these things are afforded, they're they're paid for. Um, People are generally so much happier. There is no sense of, oh, my money's being taken away from by taxes. There's a pride in, I'm paying for the well-being of Mm -hmm everyone in this society and it takes away that constant anxiety and pressure of our fear you know of what's going to happen next yeah like um, one, of, one of the big things where, where we just passed um some transportation stuff to get like a light rail and a metro rail and to build more sidewalks and to do all these things and so there's obviously it's built into the taxes to pay for it and people are like you were telling me that people who actually take public transportation will have a better and safer way to do so sure like there are some people like i don't want to pay the taxes but like it's such a if you look at it like in the grand scheme of things as a person who does not pay property tax i totally understand this but um the 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 small amount of property tax it costs people to just be able to fund this in the grand scheme of things is like maybe like eight cents a like a month like it's just all these things of you know you that whole like (laughs) take from the rich to give to the poor is like a a good but also like bad example that's how I think about like constantly paying it forward of if I am financially able to do this to make the life of someone else easier it's but but you're also making your life your life easier and that's where I don't get like to me it is a completely selfish proposition Mm -hmm. I I maybe am not motivated by financial gain as much because from from my the way my brain's wired the logic of hey if we're all better off if i know i live in a world that's more just and fair it makes me feel safer too mm-hmm. because just as i know that you'll be supported by me i i feel like there's there's like a desperation and fear that's taken away from me that is that very fear that leads to oh i need to hoard my money 
and uh, I need to make sure they have enough in case anything horrible happens. If you know that, well, I'm going to be taken care of it. If anything horrible happens, then it becomes about just spreading that to make sure that is true for everyone. Um, and and there are, again, so many nerd, why I, you know uh, that I am. There, there are so many studies that show that people in more equitable societies are happier at any end of that spectrum. Mm. And that people who are in inequitable societies, whether you're at the top or the bottom, it makes you more unhappy. It just leaves, it breeds unhappiness because ultimately I think most of us are wired just to want to connect, to want to be a part of something and to want to feel like you know, connected to the people we're around. And so if there's inequality, you're just as isolated by being one of the people at the top as you are by being one of the people at the bottom. That's my. I feel like I can't say anything else after that. That was <laughs> such like a perfect summary of, of everything. Um, I do want to touch base on like, what is random acts? I'd never even asked. And for those who maybe don't know, I think that'd be a really great thing to touch upon too. So it, yeah, um, Random X is an organization focused on spreading kindness, which is a very general broad mandate. But what we do is we fund uh, acts of kindness that are brought to us. Uh, so uh, anyone who's listening, you can actually, you know, uh, sign up to have your act sponsored. If there's something good you want to do in the world, we uh, hope to be able to help pay for that. Um, so it's, it's uh, uh, to me, one of the beautiful things is where empowering uh, people to help is, is hopefully what we're doing. And we work on things, projects that range from very small to very big. Um, so someone can submit to, you know, buy you know fill backpacks with food for um, an area where there's a lot of kids who are needing some food some support with food or something like that but um you know we might do a smaller act like that but then we've also started like we started a free high school in nicaragua or helped to to fund the starting of that the building of that building uh we um helped fund um some farming collectives in rwanda um there's some, just all these, like, there's some really big, cool projects. This year, we're focusing a lot on food equity, just because it's in the area that's affecting everyone. Uh, and we're looking at urban farming and all that, but all different ways that people can get involved. So finding organizations that we can really support and do some cool big things with, but also how can we all get involved in just like, doing some planting and donating some food and, you know, doing what we can doing our part. So. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Check out random acts. I'll be sure to link it in the show notes. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for chatting with me today. This was like such a beautiful time. We're going to talk almost every day now. I feel it. I, I, I hope so. <laughs> I, I like literally barely got to touch the surface of all the things like I would get and I get I get so excited I don't know if you have this I get that kind of like puppy dog thing you know when puppy dogs like get so excited that that their owner's home that they like don't know what to do with themselves that's how I felt most of the time you were talking like I really wanted to like go with each thing you were saying and talk about and hear your story and 
you know, talk about your experiences and all those things. We'll, we'll so. just have to have you back. There's always, there's always a chance to come back and talk more, but yeah, I'm just, this is just the beginning. I totally feel Absolutely. this and we're going to, when the world opens up again, I'm going to come and visit yes. and do all the things. And Perfect. you're also going to come right. to Austin. I feel like everyone needs to come to Austin. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And, the, and I also want to say, uh, just because this, it's where my heart is at, is that the coolest thing about Random X, that it's the most beautiful community. Mm. That staff, and as I said, we're all volunteers, that staff. It's 149 now of the most amazing people. And I get to talk to people all over the world every day and just work on trying to put good in the world. Uh, and that's like, it's literally, the, I can't imagine a more perfect, wonderful job. And it's because of the incredible people that I work with. So I just shout out to the staff. Shout out out to the people doing the work, I tell you. Um, At the end of every episode, I like to ask one final question of my guests. It's sort of a palate cleanser, leaving us on a high note. Oh, this was like a really good, calm topic today. Um, But the question is, it's a two-parter. What is the best advice you were ever given? Or what is a piece of advice you would give to your younger self? Oh, wow. Um, so much because it's that thing of I have nerd brain of like so much information, like yeah. way too much. There's so much good stuff. Um, uh, I would say right now where my uh, head goes to um, is just, uh, I guess the advice that I would give to my younger self and to anyone, I think the most important thing is like define your own metrics of happiness Mm -hmm. and don't get caught up in anyone else's definition of what success is. Um, So uh, yeah, I think that's that like that, like I'm trying to think of something that would would really (laughs) stop a lot of the, this leading astray things. And it's like, just focus on what is important and what fills you. Um, I love that. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the tea with Brie. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the tea with Brie. Send me an email at the tea with Brie at gmail.com and visit the website, the podcast.com. Don't forget to rate review and subscribe on Apple podcasts or you get your podcast. A special thanks to mama Duke for our theme music. And I'll talk to y'all next week. Bye.